The Galapagos Islands are very special because of where they are. They're about 600 miles off the coast of Ecuador, so they're in a very remote place in the Pacific Island. The animals that come there basically either arrive on rafts or by storms, so they're very isolated. And then you have like four different ocean currents that influence the Galapagos. So the animals are isolated and over time evolve into species that you find nowhere else on Earth. So in the 1980s, I was really lucky to be part of a research team studying the impacts of El Nino on corals. And back then, there were not very many people in the Galapagos. There was only one hotel on the island. There were no cruise ships. And so I've really seen the towns change. But the outer islands have luckily stayed very much the same. But it's been great being there in the 1980s. And now I get to go back repeatedly in my role as science advisor for Celebrity Cruise Lines. So the Galapagos are kind of an interesting example of human impact, but also how tourism is really helping to conserve the islands. So in terms of impacts, you have climate change, of course. You have invasive species a real, is a real problem because they're brought in by ships and boats. Um, and so you can kind of try and control those things in terms of the invasive species. They try and eradicate things like rats and uh, goats and feral cats and even donkeys are a problem. Um, but climate change is, is a problem. And that, like everywhere else, we're not really sure how the what the impact is going to be in the Galapagos. But because of the economic incentive, Ecuador, who owns the Galapagos, protects the islands. And so every time you go on any island into the park, you have to have a naturalist with you, you have to have a permit, and you can't have any more than 16 people per group with naturalists. And if you find any, if they see anybody without that, they call the park and report them. So the islands are actually very well protected because Ecuador wants to have them for a long time for tourism. So tourism is actually helping to conserve the Galapagos. And I think sometimes people don't understand that. Without that economic incentive, Ecuador would have no reason to protect them. So many of the species arrive naturally. That is, they come on rafts of debris, they're blown in by storms. But when we talk about invasive species, we talk about species that are brought in unnaturally by humans. So they could be rats on ships. They brought in goats that they released. So those are not naturally brought to the islands. That's an unnatural process. And the problem is that they can outcompete the natural species. Say they can devastate some of the vegetation, like goats eat the vegetation that the giant tortoise would eat. So that's the problem. The other one, they have things like uh, bees. They are wasps that are invasive. So invasive species are a real problem in the Galapagos, and they're trying very hard to eradicate them. So I've written adventure series for kids before, and I was deciding to write a new one. And I get so many questions from both adults and kids about the Galapagos, what's it like there, the different kind of animals, that I thought, oh my gosh, this would be a great setting for a new adventure story for middle graders. And so my new book, Escape Galapagos, takes place based in the Galapagos, and it's all about this adventure and things like climate change, invasive species, wildlife smuggling, volcanic eruptions, all of those things come into play in, in the story. So I love the idea of educating kids 
in a sort of fun and engaging way while getting them excited about reading. And in this one, I also have a, a map in the beginning, which I love. I always put maps in my books. And in the back, there's a really fun section called Real Versus Made Up, where I ask the question of something that happened in the story. Is it based on real science or did I make it up? And kids really love that part. As a scientist, I've written nonfiction for high school students and above. And I, I think that's really important to engage that group. But middle grade students are at such a critical time in their lives. They're thinking about careers. Are they interested in nature? You know, are they going to be a lover of reading? It's very influential, not just for them, their peers, their parents. And I thought, boy, that would be a great age to get interested in science, the oceans, nature. And so I did my homework to figure out what do they like to read. And particularly, they like fiction, like Harry Potter, the Percy Jackson series. And so I decided to start writing fiction for middle graders. And that's typically you're talking about 8 to 12 years old. And integrate science and nature into those stories. 